Every five minutes, someone dies while waiting for a compatible donor heart, liver, or kidney. On a remote island in Lake Superior, a team of geneticists strive to engineer an animal with human-compatible organs, thereby saving millions of lives. But these ancestors are not the docile herd animals they envision. Instead, the project spawns something big, something evil, something hungry. Ancestor by number one New York Times bestselling novelist Scott Sigler is available for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode of The Sheridan Tapes was made possible by our supporters on Patreon. CJ McNair, Dora Colton, Megan Mack, and Alexandra Tripp. If you'd like to support the show as well, please go to patreon.com slash homesteadcorner. For as little as $1 a month, you get early access to ad-free versions of episodes, a special weekly behind-the-scenes podcast, and patron-only AMA live streams. Before we get started, this episode contains paranoia, discussions of drowning, coughing and choking sound effects, some disturbing imagery, and loud noises including screams. Content warnings and a full transcript are available in the show notes. The moon hung low and heavy over an unquiet sea that night. The fog, thick as smoke, wrapped the many-masted ship in a curtain of ghostly white as it sat motionless upon the gentle waves. Not a word or cough or the sound of a breath could be heard from anywhere on board. So perfect was the silence. Had another vessel happened upon them in the dark, they might have thought it a ghost ship, wreathed in mist and stripped of sails. But no, the man who walked the quarter deck with a lantern at his side was no spirit. The veteran sailor in the crow's nest was no undead soul or specter of ill omen. The captain Well, he had his own ghost to make peace with, but he himself was still alive, for now. The wind began to turn. The man on the quarterdeck, a Scotsman by birth and a landsman by rank, still unsteady on his sea legs, was the first to feel its touch. It was colder than the stagnant air that wrapped itself around the ship before, sharp and dry as a winter morning. He stirred, raising his lantern as if looking for the source of the wind. Of course, he saw nothing through the fog, as he'd seen nothing all night, and so he returned to his patrol. The man in the crow's nest felt it moments later, a stirring of air that crept down the back of his neck like the breath of some unseen creature. He was a Londoner, a bosun who'd spent most of his life on the sea and knew every board and nail of this ship like a part of his own body. He was a reasonable, sober-minded fellow with a disdain for the fear and superstition of his fellow sailors. Yet even so... When he felt that chill wind run down his spine like the icy fingers of death, he shivered deeper than the cold should have warranted and clutched the small wooden cross 
he'd carved from a piece of the tiger's hull, reciting a wordless prayer older than his civilization. The captain felt it last and least of all, wrapped as he was in his heavy woolen coat and all the privilege of command. There was little that happened on his ship that really touched him anymore, and that suited him just fine. His mind dwelt instead on the strange man below deck and the strange tale he'd spent the night spinning for the captain. None of it could be true, of course. He spoke of ghosts and sea witches and the lost city of gold, things no sane man would ever accept or dwell on. But even so, they disturbed him in a way he could not easily describe. So when the cry of Sail Ahoy rose sudden and ragged from the crow's nest, he was as surprised as any aboard to see another ship emerging from the fog, shining white in the light of the full moon. The only person not caught wholly unprepared was already racing up from the captain's quarters, calling out in warning for them to fly, to abandon these dark and haunted waters with all speed which sail and oar could provide. That call caught in his throat when he saw the ships sailing towards them, doubtless the very same that had destroyed his own vessel only a few days before. Only he had seen that ship burst like a firework as a cannonball struck its powder keg, catching fire as it sank below the waves. He rushed to the landsman, demanding to know where the captain was. When he made no reply, he turned to see the captain at the wheel, calling out orders and desperately trying to steer his ship from the path of the oncoming vessel. Barrett rushed to him, screaming and fearful for what he knew was to come. The fate that befell his crew when the Fata Morgana first appeared. The captain did not turn to him, nor give any sign that he'd heard his panicked words, only shouting another order to the bleary-eyed sailors below. Don't you get it, Barrett? said a voice from behind full of amusement and well-deserved contempt. They can't see either of us. Not unless I want them to. You're like me and that ship on the horizon. Allure. Stop this, Barrett demanded, turning to face her. Stop this now! None of these men deserve to die! And I did? The thing that was once Anne Bonnie replied. Absolutely, spat Barrett. Even when I was lying asleep, no threat to you and willing to help you escape? A good person, as you put it. Barrett fell silent as the first rumors of cannon fire began to drift over the water like distant thunder. There is one truth, Eli Barrett, and one alone spoke Anne as the sea around the ship began to bubble and churn with the movement of some unknowable vast creature beneath the waves. We all get what's coming to us. It just takes a little longer to catch up with some people. I don't want to die, said Barrett, color draining from his face. I'm not ready. Really, answered Bonnie, a wicked smile forming on her lips. Well, in that case... 
she leaned in, close enough that Barrett should have felt the warmth of her breath on his face. Instead, he felt only the wind that cut through the fog, cold and inhuman as the storm front. His heart hammered in his throat as it tried to tear out of his chest and escape this nightmare of his own making. Oh God, oh God, the tatters of his mind began to scream. What have I done? Anne smiled, then whispered. What would you do to save yourself? Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. I can't believe I didn't spend more time out here when I was in Oslo. The park is less than an hour away from the station. It probably would have done me some good to get out here. Not much, but a little. Although, if it's half as haunted as Anna thought, then maybe that wouldn't have been such a good idea. I didn't feel anything strange when I stayed here with Alan, but I was still pretty deep in denial about this stuff back then. I was still half convinced I'd imagined everything that happened with the lake, so there's no way I would have accepted the idea of ghosts in Santa Lucia State Park. Just blame it on infrasound and other people being idiots, and don't even think about the other possibility. Just keeps things simpler that way. I, I know I probably shouldn't be wandering away from the van like this, but after six months in the mountains, I'm really not used to sitting down for long car rides. My legs were starting to cramp, and I definitely needed a hike. Besides, it's barely seven o'clock, and I doubt anyone else would be out on the trail this early. I mean, we stopped at the trailhead because there's no one here. And no electronic surveillance, either. 
so long as we don't do anything exceptionally stupid, we'll be fine. said it would be nice to stay here a bit longer. I really get a feel for this place. Either I'm getting close to figuring out my connection to the lake or this place really is a, a major supernatural hotspot. I, I can almost see the wall between the worlds pressing in on me here. Though it's way too thin to actually call it a wall. It, it, it feels like if I just pushed on it in the right way, I I could easily open a door out of this place. I don't know where to exactly. Maybe that cave Anna talked about on her first tape? Or, or maybe somewhere else entirely. I, I, I don't know. It doesn't feel quite like Anna described it on her tape, but then again, it's been a while since I listened to it. A lot has changed since that. Oh, well, hello there. Um, uh, good morning. You coming or going? Uh, what? Hiking into the park or out of it? Oh, uh, in. Uh, we, uh, I just pulled off at the trailhead to stretch my legs. Well, you picked a good morning for it. It's been freezing the last couple days, but it's beautiful right now. You can see clear out to Oslo if you get on top of the ridge over there. If you're up for a longer hike, that is. That sounds... Uh, that sounds nice. Do you, uh, work for the park? Nah, I'm with the Forest Service. Elio Molly Davis. There's a lot of connections to the backcountry that run through the park, so I'm usually out here keeping an eye on them. Checking permits, making sure people douse their fires, that sort of thing. Uh, oh, that's, uh, sounds nice. <laughs> Sure as hell beats an office job. Used to work for OCPD, but it all just turned into paperwork before too long. At least here I get to go hiking between filling out forms. Right. Yeah. Do you have to deal with Oslo PD much, working out here? Uh, sometimes. We really don't have the resources to cover the whole park. You okay there, buddy? You're looking a little pale. I'm, uh, I, I, I'm fine. Uh, I, I think I'd better get back. I, I have somewhere I Wait need Wait a minute. Don't I know you from somewhere? Uh, uh I don't think so. Uh, I, I think I just have one of those faces, you know? I mean, that's what people tell me. Well, some people, but, but still, it's kind of just... I swear, I recognize you from somewhere. Are you local or just visiting? Just visiting, just visiting, uh, passing through. Where are you headed? Uh, Colorado Springs. Um, I've got some friends up there I'm visiting. You know, haven't seen them since college. And God, just... it's just the beard that's throwing me. I'd swear I've seen you somewhere before. Somewhere on the ranger station, I think. No, no, really. It's not... I'm probably not... Holy shit. You're Samuel Bailey. Uh... Who? Don't move. Whoa, whoa! What the hell did I do? Stop playing dumb. There's still an APB out for you. I know exactly who you are. It's not... Look, uh... Molly? Molly, this... 
This isn't what you think it is. I'm not a criminal. Sure you're not. Listen, I know what you've probably heard about me, but trust me when I say I didn't have a choice when I ran. There's more at play in Oslo than anyone knows, and Morrison is not who people think he is. What are you talking about? Morrison! He has some kind of agenda. I, I, I don't know what it is yet, but he's willing to kill people for it. You don't like OCPD? Neither do I. And you don't know the half of what's going on there. It's rotten all the way to the core, and they're about to do something big. Dangerous. What do you mean, dangerous? What kind of danger? I, uh, I, I, I don't know what it is yet, but I'm trying to stop. I can explain everything if you just give me a few minutes. Please, just put the gun down first, okay? Elio Davis to HQ, come in. Wait, wait! Molly, please don't do this. HQ? I have a vision. Oh, God. What have I done? It's it's okay. Uh, she, she's uh, she's probably fine. She uh, she was probably just pulled into that cave Anna found. Uh, if she can find her way out, she'll be fine. She'll she'll be fine. I I think. I hope. And now nobody knows I'm here, so we're okay. We're still okay. What the hell are you doing, Sam? What? I said I was only going to be a second. Why did you... What's wrong? What do you mean? Jesus, Sam. I can literally see you shaking. Did someone see you out there? Uh, not not really. Uh, it's just, uh... It's this place. There's a presence here I, I didn't anticipate. I can feel it watching us. Are you sure? I don't feel anything. Trust me, I've spent the last six months learning how to sense these things. We need to go. Are you sure you didn't see anyone else? Look, why would I lie about this? Nobody knows we're here, nobody knows where we're going, and we need to get to Agatshore as soon as possible. All right, if you say so. Come on, I want to get past Oslo before the roads get busy. Start the recorder. I don't know how much time we have left on this tape, though. How much tape I have left, you mean? Pretty sure that's my recorder you've been using. Oh, uh, oh, yeah, I guess it is. Uh, sorry, I, I guess I'm just not used to having other people around anymore. It's fine, it doesn't matter. Just keep rolling in case this goes sideways. It won't. Trust me. You're saying that a lot today. It doesn't inspire as much confidence as you think it does. I've done this before, and that was with the Echo trying to kill me and half the police force hunting me down. It's going to work. I... I just feel it. How does it work? How does what work? Your... connection to this place. Well, it's, a. Uh, it's kind of hard to 
put into words precisely. Uh, a lot of it works on intuition, emotion, instinct. Sometimes it's just a, a feeling that doesn't seem like it's coming from inside me. Other times it's the sound of waves blaring inside my head. And on special occasions, it pulls me into a completely different place and leaves me to find my own way out. There isn't a whole lot of consistency to it, honestly. So, what do you know about it? Anything solid? <sighs> sort of. Most of it came from Morrison and the Echo, so I'd take it with a grain of salt, but... So far, everything I've seen and felt has confirmed it. Basically, whatever's in the lake made a copy of me when I was when I answered his questions. Made an exact replica of who I was back then and pushed it back into the real world to create me. I aged and developed mostly like I would normally until the lake needed someone to restore it. It didn't act on me until I was back in Agate Shore again, but I've always been linked to it. And I can always feel it no matter where I am. What do you feel now? Anything helpful? Uh, well, it's a bit... It's quieter than usual. Almost peaceful. And underneath it is a feeling like... Like what you get after you eat a big meal, honestly. Like you want to throw up? <laughs> Sated. Content, I... I think the echo was more than enough to satisfy it for a long time to come. So, you think we're safe? As safe as we can be. Safer than I was the last time we was here, at least. Back then, it was all just ruins and mildew. Now, the police station finally collapsed for a start, and everything that's left is, well... A jungle? I'm guessing all the greenery is new. Yeah. Uh, except for those maple trees over there. I, I guess they survived the flood after all. But, but everything else... I don't even think half of these species are native to Agate Shore. I'm pretty sure that's poison oak over there, but I haven't seen it anywhere in Oslo County except Arrowhead. Maybe it washed down from the dam when it broke? Hmm. Maybe. Listen, Sam, I'm really not sure about this. <sighs> Neither am I, but I don't think we have a better option. Are you sure we can't just... DeWitt already told me he can't be killed. If we want to stop Morrison, then we need to take him off the board permanently. No, I get that. It's just... I want to make sure we're not just doing this because he hit you over the head and stole your car. <laughs> I don't bear him any ill will. Not anymore. He saved me from the Echo and bought me enough time to figure out my connection to the lake. If anything, I owe him. This isn't personal, it just has to be done. Are you sure? Does it matter? If your connection is based on emotions, then yeah, maybe it does. Sorry, I just... No, it's fine. It's, it's fine. I, I get it. No, you... 
you really don't. I was not in a great place when we met. I was angry. Just really, really fucking angry all the time. And I took it out on you a lot. To be fair, I did kind of deserve it. Well, yes, but that's not the point. I'm trying to be better. And I want to make sure you are, too. Do you, do you really think I want to go back in there? Just to get revenge? I honestly don't know. It's not like going for a swim, Maria. It feels like drowning. Honest to God, lungs filling up with water, vision going black, drowning. Every time. The voice only shows up at the point where my brain should start shutting down, and then... It keeps me there. Desperate. Afraid. Feeling the weight of the lake above me, just wanting to die. And it keeps me conscious enough to answer its questions for as long as it takes me to do so. Fuck. I wouldn't be going in there if I thought we had any other choice. It's either this or let Morrison cut me off from the only thing keeping me alive. Here, keep an eye on this. What's this? A, a change of clothes and a a couple of blankets from the cabin. It's freezing out here, and I don't want to get hypothermia once I'm out of the water. That's surprisingly well thought out for you. <laughs> I'm only an idiot most of the time, remember? And I've had time to think about this one. Wish me luck. I, I don't think you want any of mine. It's been kind of touch and go lately. If... You believe in that sort of thing? Hmm. Fair enough. I really hope you know what you're doing, Sam. God, this place gives me the creeps. I'd almost say it looks like it's being reclaimed by nature with all the plants growing over it, but nothing about this feels natural. It's more like the branches and roots are trying to choke the life out of what's left of the town. I didn't want to say anything before Sam went in there. He has enough to worry about as it is, but this is way more growth than there should have been in a year. Between helping Poppy at work and with the gardens at home, I know how a few of these species should grow. And it's not this big. Plus, I haven't seen a single animal since we arrived in town. Maybe they were all spooked, but with all of this greenery, there should be some. Oh, never mind. There are still ravens hanging around. 
or maybe it's a crow. I can never remember what the difference is. Sam and I must have scared it off when we... The, uh, the raven just, I don't know. It was just one second it was there and the next it was gone. And I think I saw one of those vines move, but it was too fast for me to be. Shit, there's a storm appearing over the lake and I mean literally just appearing in the middle of it. There were no clouds before, but now it's Oh my god, the water's moving. There's a little bit of wind now, but I think the water is just moving by itself. I know who told you. I need your help. Someone's trying to cut you off the wall, and I need you. my life. Took my body away. Turned me into a puppet. Are you okay? Come on, come on, wake up, wake up! Uh, oh, thank God. Uh, You're okay. Uh, Maria? It's me, I'm still here. Are you okay? Uh, how long was I under? I'm not sure, just a couple of minutes, I think. Why? Oh, when did, when did it start raining? Oh, after you and the whatever's down there had your little argument. You heard that? A little bit. It was pretty muffled, to be honest. It didn't... <clears throat> it didn't try to ask you anything, did it? <laughs> no, it didn't ask me about saving myself, if that's what you're worried about. I'm guessing it didn't work. Oh, I didn't even get to it. As soon as I didn't answer the questions, it got angry, uh, furious. I, I don't think it was too happy about me asking it to do something. But isn't that what you did with the Echo? <clears throat> Not really. I, it just asked me the questions and I offered up the Echo at the end. I guess I didn't play by its rules this time. Tried to make demands instead of answering it. You tried to tell the ageless eldritch horror in there what to do? Did you honestly think that was going to work? Hey, it's been working with all kinds of other horrors the last six months. Why shouldn't it work here? Because you were able to use the lake's power to intimidate all those other things. Did you really think it was you scaring those things off and not your sponsor? Uh, I thought that maybe... Huh. Trust me, Sam, you're not that intimidating. 
What did you think was going to happen if you tried to throw your weight around at the lake? Do you, do you think it's too late for me to... Uh, I don't know, go back in there and make an apology? Sam... I don't think this is going to work. Not before, and definitely not now that you've made it angry. We need to find another way. But uh, what are we supposed to do about DeWitt? I... I don't know. We need to get out of here. I don't think this place is safe for us anymore. Oh, uh, yeah, you're... Uh... You're probably right about that. Come on, let's get back to the van and... What, what's wrong? Is... Is that a minivan on the other side of the lake? Are you seeing that too, or have I completely lost uh, no, it? No, I, I, I see it too. Who would be out here with... Holy shit. What? I... I think that might be Kate. The Sheridan Tapes, episode 43, Lovely, Dark, and Deep. Starring Aaron Neely Chaconis as Anna Sheridan, Trevor Van Winkle as Sam Bailey, Amitola Lomas as Maria Soul, and Leslie Redman as Molly Davis. With original music by Jesse Hagen and additional sound recording by Maurice Cooper. Written by Trevor Van Winkle and produced by Virginia Spots and Trevor Van Winkle and made possible by our supporters at patreon.com slash homesteadcorner and at ko-fi.com slash homesteadcorner. Visit thesheridantapes.com to view additional content, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, and connect with us on Twitter at Sheridan Tapes and on Instagram at the Sheridan tapes. I'm Trevor Van Winkle, this is Homestead on the Corner, and you're listening to The Sheridan Tapes. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.